This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. It was just a week ago. I'm sorry, I can't even. I have an opening statement I really want to make here, Harry, but my microphone just broke as the show started, and I'm now literally just holding a mic. Like, this is what we're doing. Like, if you're watching us on the ESPN app, the little uh, the little piece that holds the microphone up uh, just snapped off in two, and so now I feel like I'm a bad 80s rock star holding my microphone in a way. And boy, spot. is it little. I mean, wow. wow. It's, just a, it's a very large microphone. I just have small hands. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are we doing? It's Fitz and Harry. I'm going to be holding a microphone for the next three hours. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I had this great, yeah, no, Evan's looking at me like, did it break? Yes, literally, my microphone is now in two pieces as the show starts. I had this great opening statement about, you know, how the, the a week ago it felt like the quarterback uh, the, the quarterback chest was full for the 49ers. They had a, a treasure trove of, 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 of absolute generosity there. They, they had so much they didn't even know what to do with it. Now, all of a sudden, it's down to empty, and they're trying to figure out if Brady's going to be their new quarterback. That was where we were going to start, but things have gone off the rails on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, like, literally, I'm just, I'm just going to... Put uh, that big black mic down. <laughs> Like, I don't know what, am I supposed to hold, like, I don't, do I hold it with two hands? Do I hold it with <laughs> All right, uh, so we'll get the mic fixed at some point, or I'll just stand here and go full, uh, like, Steven Tyler, like, I'm going to hold it like it's uh, on a mic stand. Uh, so here's the real news everybody needs. Brock Purdy, uh, we now know, has a torn UCL uh, that will sideline him for approximately six months per source. He is seeking a second medical opinion about whether he needs sur- surgery, also according to a source. Uh, the 49ers are recommending that surgery. Also of note, uh, there are other quarterbacks that have had this surgery and have felt good afterwards. But six months is a long recovery time for a quarterback that just a few weeks ago looked like he might be set as the future of the 49ers, according to some. So now you have like an injured Trey Lance, you have an injured Brock Purdy, and you have a not injured Tom Brady sitting over there. Drama Ooh. is in full desperate housewives mode uh, for San Francisco with the quarterback position. Yes. 100%. And I do want to go back and say this, though, Fitz, because a lot of people, when Brock Purdy got hurt and seen him standing on the sidelines, they were giving him hell. When I mean hell, literally, they were giving him a hard time for not going back in the football game. And then now we know, while Kyle, Kyle Shanahan was running the football so much and just throwing screens because Brock Purdy has a torn UCL. So uh, all those people that were giving him hell and, and grief about you know him not being tough because he didn't want to go back in the football game, he tore his UCL. That's why sometimes we don't know the extent of, of everything, so we can't just jump to conclusions. So I do want to say that first, Fitz. I, I love everything you just said there because it is super easy for a bunch of people sitting on their couch trying to figure out whether they want ranch or blue cheese with their wings and what kind of dip they're going to put their ruffles in uh, to sit there and question the toughness of a bunch of guys standing on the sideline or the motivation of a bunch of guys standing on the sideline or, or whether or not they're willing to tough it out for my favorite team when like half of us aren't willing to go outside without four jackets on. So I don't really understand the questioning of the toughness in the first place. You are a thousand percent right. This is proof positive that Brock Purdy is going through something substantial. Also, now, the substantial question that the 49ers have to answer is, what do you do? Because you could wait six months, see where Purdy is, and see how everything's developing. You That's could too long. That's wait entirely for tra- too long. Okay, so where, where would you go then? 
So for me, looking at this, and you have two guys that are going to be coming off injury in Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Now, looking at the football team and the way it's constructed for the San Francisco 49ers, they're in win-now mode. They're just missing this piece, especially this year, from the quarterback position. The last few years, I think they've been missing that piece. So why not go get a veteran in Tom Brady? Why does it make sense to me, Fitz? Because Tom Brady is from San Mateo, California. Mm. That is 45 minutes away. I'm going to say it again, 45 minutes away from San Francisco. And he just happens to grow up a San Francisco 49ers fan. Now, it's all kind of, you know, logistics and stuff that go into, you know, signing Tom Brady. But also, Tom Brady has to think about his kids who will now be in Miami. But as someone who can relate to playing for your hometown team, I was able to play in Atlanta for seven years. I grew up on the south side of Atlanta. It is nothing better, ladies and gentlemen, than being able to play for your hometown team. So I'm pretty sure Tom Brady is considering this because it was a lifelong dream of his at some point to play for the San Francisco 49ers because he grew up a fan of that team. I think you look at sort of the the fandom element and you look at the situation element. Like uh, you mentioned it and I'll say it loudly for anyone that's ever gone through any sort of a breakup or divorce. Like think about what he's going through right now as a human being. He's got kids in school in Florida. He's got another kid in New York. I think it's a very heavy decision for someone recently divorced to decide do they want to live on the other side of the country away from their family where realistically they may not see their family from August all the way until mid-February because of the way the NFL calendar works. There's a, a human element to that, H.C., like I love what you're saying about the football side of it because if there was ever going to be a situation that would be tempting playing for your favorite team close to the city you grew up in you know wearing the jersey that you wore as a kid that made you love football in the first place on a roster that is absolutely Super Bowl ready right those are all the things if you're Brady you're not coming back to qualify for a wild card you're not coming back to struggle to try and get into the playoffs you'd be coming back into a system with a great offensive coach on a talented team with a roster that can compete for a Super Bowl right now if there is any temptating temptating spot for tempting spot I should say, for him to go to, the most tempting spot would have to be San Francisco. Yeah, and here are a few things that I think in order for Brady to come back and play the game of football and play at a very high level, what he needs, and number one, is the team Super Bowl ready? San Francisco checks that box. Number two, do they have a valid and a solid run game? Boom, San Francisco checks that box because we know Tampa Bay didn't last year. Whew, egregious. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirdly, do they have a solid defense? Up, oh, San Francisco checked that box. They were the number one defense in football this year. Do they have a solid O-line? Boom, boom. Check that box again. Trent Williams, the best offensive tackle in the game. We even seen him throw some punches this past weekend. Whew, Trent, relax. Last but not least, skill position players. They have enough uh, uh, skill position players. You talk about run after the catch. That's something that San Francisco is big uh, uh, on the football field as a, as an offense. So Tom Brady has all those things with the San Francisco 49ers to thrive as a quarterback and also try to compete for another Super Bowl ring, his eighth one in, in those regards. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. I want to tell you another reason why I think this is a great move for the 49ers, not for the purpose of Brady, but for somebody else. But first, I got to let you hear this. I mean, Tom Brady talked about the quarterback situation for the 49ers specifically. Injuries play a role in every game, and and um, they, you know, your margin of error changes quite a bit. Obviously, San Fran had, you know, really no chance to compete yesterday. That was that was tough just to you know see that happen. But and at the same time, it's the reality of the sport. So uh, Philly deserved it. 
they had an incredible season. They played well on defense. You know, they forced, you know, that pass and, and the injury to, to Brock there on his on his wrist or his, his uh, elbow. It's it's truly part of the sport. It's contact sport, and that's why it's a demolition derby. And that's why, you know, all these games are somewhat unpredictable. You know, you go to the Super Bowl, Patrick's had a sprained ankle, you know, <clears throat> Jalen's had a hurt shoulder. Anything can happen in the first quarter of the game. And, of course, it's going to affect the outcome. Okay, so obviously Brady talking about all of it in its entirety. I get that. But, AC, hear me out. As he breaks down the quarterback situation, I keep thinking of Alex Smith, all right? And I think of Alex Smith because of what Alex Smith meant to Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm -hmm. Mahomes constantly talks about the fact, and there was a great interview a few months ago on one of our pregame shows where Mahomes talked about he learned so much from Alex Smith about how to prep, how to schedule your week, what to focus on on what day, how to be a true professional. Alex Smith, I think, deserves a little, like, star, gold star on the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. He helped him figure out how to be a pro. I can't find a reason why simply sitting in the room with Brady wouldn't make Trey Lance better just by learning his process. Like, what's the greatest of all time do as he goes through his week? What's his Monday look like? What's his Tuesday look like? We all learn if you're trying to be great at something by simply shadowing and seeing what great people are doing. The uh, the ability to bring Tom Brady into the room, even if they choose to keep Trey Lance and keep Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. they can afford to do all of that financially, let all the young guys learn under Brady and say, hey, we're going to take this year, we're going to figure it out, and then you guys can duke it out over the course of that for who's our future. And Fitz, I'll be honest with you, that's how I was able to be a ultimate pro when I played the game. I had solid veterans in my wide receiver room, Brian Finneran, Michael Jenkins, Roddy White, guys who showed me the ropes, and then when Tony Gonzalez came, Tony Gonzalez showed me how to start eating a little differently, uh, more so than I was when he came on our football team, but having a guy like Tom Brady, who's been to 10 Super Bowls, won seven of those Super Bowls, who, who was the ultimate competitor and you know he's going to take care of his body. He's going to take notes the proper way. He's going to watch film a different way than a lot of people probably are accustomed to watching film. He can show these young guys the ropes and the way to be the ultimate pro, but also be able to be solid enough to go out there and perform better on the football field. All this leads to the opportunity for the 49ers to be the best win for Brady and Brady to be the best win for the 49ers. That is rare at this point. That being said, For all the conversation we're having around the 49ers right now in their quarterback position, specifically, there is one name the team knows that should absolutely still be part of the conversation. We'll tell you who and why next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. This was Patrick Mahomes' flu game. His opportunity to show that it's not just about what God gave me. It's about who I am as a man and being willing to give everything for the win. Well, that sounds familiar. It feels like you can't even have a Michael Jordan conversation anymore without then eventually mentioning the flu game, right? Like, (laughs) it's just part of what what grows. It's like the, the legend grows and grows and grows. For me, there's this moment of Mahomes where we haven't yet gotten the point where we simply normalize his greatness. Like, we still seem to be enjoying his greatness, which is beautiful to me. Bengals, too. It's a really good football team they're taking on. If you're if you're less than 100 and you beat a good football team to get to the Super Bowl, it's the Disney storybook we all want. 
mean, we appreciate Ryan Clark listening to Fitz and Harry and just stealing our completely original flu game analogy. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. couple important updates for you. Number one, uh, LeBron James we thought might miss tonight's game against the Knicks because of severe ankle soreness. Turns out he will play. We will get some insight on that from our very own Tim Legler in about that, 15 minutes. Go and ahead. that game is at Madison Square Garden, right? Yeah, right, right, right. So, oh, he can't miss that. Yeah, no, you knew. He, I he mean, can't miss the Mecca. But we will give our thoughts on a conspiracy theory in just a little bit that uh, could impact. Uh, he hasn't played at MSG since 2020, by the way. So uh, that game tonight, you don't want to miss it. Obviously, it'll be huge. Legs will talk to us about it in about 15 minutes. Also, I, I figured out what happened with the mic stand. Uh, kudos to Evan Wilner, producer extraordinaire. Came in, found a secondary mic stand. This really has to be uh, our buddy Sterling that works here uh, pointed out that I just don't know my strength. I have been working out, Harry. Like I feel like you know I've been going to Orange Theory almost every day. Hot take I'm alert. Shedded, like, I feel like maybe this is just oh my a superhuman God, just strength. Keep telling us you're rich. I take I mean, my, we know you're rich, Fitz. I mean, Lord. I'm out there in Orange Theory. Like, maybe I'll start getting Orange Theory gear. That's too, where all the rich wearing, people but, work you know, out at. You know, my like, goodness. Well, we I, know you're rich. That can't be the case because I haven't seen you there. Like, or actually, <laughs> Harry probably just owns the Orange Theory and doesn't tell us that. The one in Douglasville, the compound that he lives in in Georgia. <laughs> uh, all right. So, we've been talking about the 49ers quarterback situation. Everybody, Harry, wants to make it about Brady. Could Brady come in and supplement the quarterback room with Purdy and Trey Lance? Could they even keep all three? Let me throw one other thing at you, all right? What about Jimmy G? Hear me out. Like, he's got a no franchise capability in his contract. He can go anywhere he wants to go. But in my mind, if Jimmy G's going to look at the open market right now and possibly be facing a one- or two-year deal worth a moderate amount of money, would he consider a one- or two-year deal worth a moderate amount of money to run it back with a team that he knows well where he could come in and still possibly come in as their starter? They keep somebody in the room they're comfortable with? Jimmy G plays? I mean, if he's going to be a bridge gap anywhere, why not be a bridge gap somewhere you know? No, that's a great point by you because looking at that roster, Jimmy G, we know what this team is going to be next year. We know how far they can go. Right now, the farthest that they can go is the NFC Championship game. Can this team, you know, flourish to a Super Bowl and potentially win that Super Bowl? That's been the question ever since they got there and did not win it up until this point. The quarterback position has played a major role in that, and Jimmy Garoppolo has been the quarterback for this team the last few years. So my thing is, is this are the San Francisco 49ers tied to Jimmy G at this point it has he over overstayed his welcome uh, there's probably an element for both where a fresh start would be great and I, I think that's a really strong point by you, especially for Jimmy G. Maybe you just want to get away from all of the controversy that comes with it. But a year ago right now, we were convinced that Jimmy G was done with this team anyway. And what does he end up with? A, a restructured deal that y'all, gave y'all him some was money. convinced. Yeah, I wasn't that's convinced. Fair. That's fair. A bunch of us were convinced and, and not you. So has it changed? I mean, if you weren't convinced a year ago, are you convinced now that necessarily moving on is the absolute only truth here? I don't think it's the only truth. I think it might be the best truth for San Francisco, especially when you have a guy like Tom Brady who can play into factor and come to your team and be your quarterback as well. Yeah. Well, and and to that end, it all comes down to what Jimmy G wants and what he's going to be offered. Like, there are so many dominoes here that have to fall. The Aaron Rodgers situation has to be figured out. The Tom Brady situation has to be figured out. And those are two complicated ones because I keep saying this. 
those could take months to figure out. Like, there's no yep. assurance that any of that gets figured out in the next several weeks. So then all of a sudden, if you're Derek Carr and you're Jimmy G, you're going to have to look around at the open market, figure out where you want to play right now, and then get somebody to bite on you today that's not going to wait. Uh, the Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL insider, uh, NFL reporter, I should say, was on the Noon Sports Center yesterday. This is what Fowler told us about how he thinks the 49ers will handle their situation at quarterback. I've talked to some teams around the league who say that maybe Trey Lance and Brock Purdy have some sort of QB competition, or they could get Lance's trade value up that way if they want to stick with Purdy. Like, they're going to have a lot of options. They've long had an affinity for Tom Brady, so who knows, maybe they go that route. The only relatively safe bet is that Jimmy Garoppolo will probably be a bridge starter for another team this coming year, March free agency. Well, son of a biscuit, there goes that theory. I thought I had it. <laughs> it could be Jimmy G. Fowler's like, the only thing we're certain of is it's probably not Jimmy G. Come on! <laughs> I mean, I, I guess for Jimmy G, it's going to be about where else and how else. Like, you know, because one of the things about Jimmy Garoppolo is that he's in that weird situation where he's not a world beater, he's not an epic quarterback, but he's played well enough to win. He's had a ton of health issues. That happens to some people, right? So, you know, I don't know how other teams are going to factor in how capable he will be and how much you can rely on him. Like, if you don't love a quarterback in this draft or you're not in a spot to get a quarterback in this draft, Jimmy G could make a ton of sense. Well, the 49ers, they have two quarterbacks that one, you know, is, is going to be out for six months and the other is is battling his own injury history that we have virtually no proof of concept on. So I'm not sure what the trade market is for Purdy or for Trey Lance. Like, I, I just don't know that the 49ers wouldn't look around and be like, hey, you know, before we break up completely, maybe we go out to dinner one more time. Well, and, and that's my mindset. If I'm San Francisco, especially understanding what happened to me this year uh, to the point to where you were on your fourth quarterback, and luckily they kept Jimmy Garoppolo last year as well, I'm keeping both guys. Um, even if I do sign Tom Brady, uh, why not keep both guys? And then next year, if you want to trade them, then trade them. Now, if you do decide at some point you want to trade those guys, what is their trade value? I think more so you can trade trade Lance. The UCL injury for me when it comes to Brock Purdy, that that's a bit to deal with if you're a team and feeling comfortable about trading for a guy that just had that injury. Uh, so when I look at suitors uh, for Trey Lance, number two teams come in my mind uh, effectively immediately. And it's the Tennessee Titans just because Rand Carthone has become their general manager. He was with the San Francisco 49ers. The second team that comes to mind for me is the Houston Texans because most likely D'Amico Ryans is going to get that job in Houston. He hasn't got it yet, but most likely he's going to be the guy to get that job. He just came from the San Francisco 49ers as the defensive coordinator, and he was able to see Trey Lance every single day since he's been there. So those are the top two teams. But then you have the Commanders, Panthers, Saints, and Bucks if they don't have Tom Brady back next year. Those are a few teams that I think. Well, I love what you did there because you connected the dots to people who would know, right? Like, you and I don't really know right now how good Trey Lance is going to be. Any fan watching doesn't really know. Other organizations don't have a great sense of who Trey Lance is going to be because you don't have enough film on him in the NFL. The guys that see him every day in practice... They're going to know. Like, D'Amico Ryans has seen enough of Trey Lance in practice, even through the injuries, to have a sense of, is this a guy that you can build on? Carthon going to be the same exact way. As a GM, he's been in the building enough to see the convers- hear the conversations and see the footage of him at practice to know if this is a guy you can build on. If either of those two guys choose to trade for Trey Lance, it absolutely changes the way I view that trade because those are two guys that would have the background information to really be able to make sense of what most of us simply can't know. No. Here's here's one more thing on top of it though. 
they also know the situation that the San Francisco front office is in. So that front office is not going to be able to nickel and dime them when it comes to Trey Lance either. Oh, that's a really good point. And and one of the complexities of that entire deal. Fitz and Harry, by the way, brought presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay and benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. All right. We will continue to break down all of the action you need from the NFL and all of the breaking news. But last night... There was a whole lot of trash talk that fueled a whole lot of scoring. And there's now one conspiracy theory even I have bought into. You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I have not set out to do that. It wasn't like a goal of mine when I entered the league. LeBron James' first shot is good. He can score. Over the course of my career, I've just gotten better with every facet of my game. LeBron is now second all-time. Looks the pass. Gets it to James. Here's a three for the win. Good! It is good! It's never been a goal of mine. You just heard it from Christine Lisi, the great ESPN Sports Center radio anchor. LeBron James expected now to play tonight versus the Knicks. What's it mean? What's it mean for LeBron? What's it mean for Madison Square Garden? What's it mean for the NBA? Plenty to break down. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, our Wolfpack grows by one. One of our absolute favorites, Tim Legler, joining us now. Legs, always appreciate your time, my friend, especially on busy days like this. I know you've been all over the place. So we uh, just heard it, and we expect now, according to Dave McMinnon and LeBron, will play tonight. So what should we be watching for from him? Obviously, ankle soreness being an issue. Yeah, look, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that over the years, when he ever he's been dealing with something, and we kind of don't know if he's going to play, and he have, ends up suiting up, you can't tell the difference. He, he's just kind of amazing that way. You're not going to see, I don't think, limitations in him. He's the kind of guy now at this point, if he's not going to go out there and be himself, he's probably going to not play until the next game. So I think the fact that you're seeing him play, and I think also the significance of playing in the garden with everything that's going on with him chasing this record. And, and look, the Lakers need every win they can get right now as well, I, I think you add all of that up, he's going to suit up, and I think you're going to see the same LeBron that we've been watching here all season, which is really nothing short of remarkable to see a guy play at this level at this age. It's it's just really unprecedented for the league. And legs with with the LeBron injury issues, should the Lakers uh, make a move at next Thursday's trade deadline to improve their team? Yeah, they need to, and, and you know, I know they're constantly working the phones. The problem is they don't have a lot of tradable assets in terms of personnel that people are interested in. So you look beyond that and you say, okay, well, what about picks? They do have some picks. Um, they've been reluctant to give them up, and I think there's been some teams out there that have players they're interested in that are also trying to make this more of a seller's market and, and, and hold a higher ransom for what they want in return. As What happens typically is, as you get closer to the trading deadline, I'll give you an example, Eric Gordon in Houston, he's a guy that the Rockets are trying to still get a first-round pick for. 
Well, if you don't have a buyer in that market, as you get closer to the trading deadline, you're going to have to adjust that. And I think that's what the Lakers are waiting on because I think he would be a guy that could be a perfect fit for them. Now, his numbers are down this year in Houston, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're playing for nothing. They're playing a lot of younger guys, more minutes that are that are really kind of loose loose cannons with the way that they, they take shots and the way they play offensively. And I think it's affected Eric Gordon this year. If you put a guy like that at 34 years old that can really shoot it and also get his own offense on a team that potentially is playing for something down the stretch, I still think he can have some really high-level moments in him and could be exactly the type of floor spacer they need. So that would be a guy that I would be targeting, and I think they're just waiting to see if the Rockets come off their demands a little bit as they get closer to the deadline. So, Legzo, let me be a bit of a contrarian here, and sort of—I I don't mean to ask this so bluntly, but like, what's the point? I mean, what 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 are the Lakers really going to accomplish by making an acquisition? It doesn't feel like they're uh, amongst the elite right now. Does it really help them that much? There's the problem right now, bits that you have in the Western Conference. Yeah, the Lakers are in what twelfth or thirteenth place. They're also like just a handful, like a two, like two losses out of like the four spots. Fair. Everybody fair. is so bunched together. Now, look, I agree with you. I don't think this is a team that can win a championship. But the problem is, if you have LeBron James on your roster and he's thirty-eight years old, and you're still relatively in the mix where nobody's really run away from you in the West. I think Memphis and Denver have have separated from the pack. They've been the most consistent teams this year, and they're going to finish 1-2 in the West. But everything else is up for grabs, and the Lakers are kind of in that mix. And you've gone long stretches without AD, and now you're going to get him back at the right time of year. LeBron's been unbelievable. They added Rui Hachimura, who's going to be a really nice pickup for them. So they're looking at it like, hey, we can make this very interesting here, and they might still think, I've got LeBron, I've got a chance to win it. I I don't believe it, you don't believe it, but they're within striking distance to the point, and he's at that stage of his career. You don't have any more years you have LeBron James. If you have him on your team, you've got to try to go for it now if there's even a chance, and that window's open, and that's how they view it because everyone is so tightly packed together in the Western Conference outside of those top two teams. They view it as, hey, we can still – make a run at this and maybe win a first-round series and maybe get to a second round, like something along those lines. And so you're going to go ahead and go for it. And why hold on to picks when LeBron James is 38 years old? What are those picks going to ultimately do for you? Because you're still trying to win with him. And look, it doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. He looks like he might play for at least a couple more years. So you're, you're, going, to try to, you're going to try to formulate teams around him each year to try to contend. And that's what they think they might be able to do if they had the right piece. Now, Tim, right now, currently, I am in Dallas, Texas. It's cold. It's snowing. I feel like a damn popsicle. But I brought that up because Luca, Luca, last night for the Dallas Mavericks, he scores 53 points and is trash-talking Jerome Allen the whole time. What are your thoughts on Luca and the way he handles his business? Yeah, that was wild last night. And look, first of all, Jerome Allen, I've known a long time. He's a Philly kid, Episcopal High School, had a great college career at Penn. In fact, I looked it up this morning because I was curious to see, like to remind myself, he was on a team at Penn that won 48 straight conference games. That's mm. how dominant th- those Penn teams were when he was there. Uh, and then he's been bouncing around, played in Europe, had coached at Penn. Now he's been an NBA assistant. So he's got a long, he's been a lifer in the game. But I'll tell you what. The last thing you want to do is be involved in the news. Um, you want to be, you want to be 
on Sports Center, you don't want to be in Sports Center. And that's what <laughs> happened with Jerome Allen last night because you don't as an assistant coach, you don't want attention drawn to yourself. And the last thing you want to do is write checks with your mouth that you have no business in being able to cash because other guys have that responsibility. When you're sitting there in street clothes, you the last thing you want to do is get a guy like that going and now other guys, right, that that you're coaching are responsible for going out and putting that at fire out. And it was too late. He got cooking early. He clearly had an edge to him. He didn't like what he was hearing from over there. And he was sensational. And he's had nights like this. He's already had more 50-point games now. That's his fourth than every other Dallas player in history combined. I mean, think about that for a player his age. So I think I label him the most dominant offensive player in the game. There is no answer for Luka Doncic. He wins every matchup in front of him. He can also beat you with his passing. I just don't know if their team is good enough to make a legitimate, relevant run in the West. Legs, you know, you and I have a lot in common when it comes to our love of things like Halloween. I have found out that you and I may have something in common about the Super Bowl, too. i got to ask you about this because apparently uh, I know you're a Commanders fan, and they said that you said the worst day of your sports life was watching the Eagles in the Super Bowl five years ago. I mean, I'm a Raiders fan, so every time the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, uh, it's it's just another dagger to the heart, and it keeps happening over and over and over again. How are we supposed to watch this thing? Like, what, 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 like, what, what are you doing? How is, how is Legler going to get through the Super Bowl experience? It's brutal, man. It's just brutal. It's just torture. Like, growing up, obviously, as a Washington fan, you know, I hated Dallas fans and, and their teams more than anything. But <laughs> na- then I go to college in the Philly area, so I've lived there a long time, surrounded by that environment all these years, and it's just unbearable. And now I've got to li- relive this again twice in five years? Like, this is absolute torture. So the only way you watch is you find a way to be emotionally invested in the other team. That makes it interesting. Like I, you know, I'm not the type of person, I love football so much. I'm not like that guy that's going to like, oh, I'm not going to watch Super Bowl because I can't watch the Eagles win. No, they're the best team in the league. I've been saying it really since like week three. I said there's nobody beating that team this year. They're too complete. Once we figured out that Hurts was legit, they have everything. So I expect them to win the game, but all you can do is sit there and hope for a key turnover or a bad penalty against them in an important moment and give, give the Chiefs a chance to win. Also, I think the old dynamic of Andy Reid having a coach against this team, the way Andy Reid was beat up by that fan base as he left town, I just think there's so many subplots. The Kelsey brothers, they own a beach house that's like five blocks from my beach house. They go to these bars at the, at the shore towns in New Jersey in the summer and play beer pong with the fans and stuff. And these guys are phenomenal. So that subplot to the game, two brothers playing against each other for the first time in the Super Bowl. There's a lot of awesome storylines here. And I just hope I get a competitive game and ultimately, uh, you know, Jake Elliott misses a field goal as time expires to lose. Oh, man. You know what, Legs? That was a brilliant analysis. I'm with you. I'll spend weeks enjoying the storylines. I think that day I'm just going to drink too much to get through the misery. Tim Legler joining the show. (laughs) Legs, always appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right. Enjoyed it. You got it, guys. We all know the game isn't over till it's over. So next time you need parts for your car, don't call it quits. Go to eBay Motors. They they have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Speaking of LeBron, there is one massive conspiracy theory involving the king that I'm actually all in on. You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas are Fitz and Harry. I'm scared of Howard the Duck, so I don't wait, want to wait, wait, wait. Howard the Duck is scared of? Yes. Howard the Duck? Why, why would you possibly be scared of an adorable little huggable duck with a big backside? Because, man, I seen this, like, duck scary movie when I was a kid. And it was, all I can remember is it was, the duck was, like, evil. And it was, like, a truck, a big truck that the duck was in. And I used to have nightmares about it. So I never liked ducks from that point on. I'm not mad at Harry Douglas being scared of ducks. I'm just saying, he's the one that played in the NFL. Big, tough athlete played in, uh, in the NFL, running from the duck feeding zone. I'm just saying. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas is down in Texas. Uh, for anyone that hasn't seen the weather down in Texas, a little snowy there, HD, a little, little ice, a little snow down in Texas, which, by the way, everybody always, you know what's on the South for not being able to handle this. I will say there are reasons why it's tougher to deal with in the South. Like having lived in Nashville, you live in Atlanta. One thing is like the the salting budget isn't the same. Like they're not used to yep. getting that sort of weather. They don't even know how to treat the roads. They don't treat them very often. It's different than like in Connecticut where all of a sudden everybody's ready for it, you know? So are you feeling comfortable driving what I'm sure is a very luxury rental car uh, from your suite. I'm imagining the penthouse, the entire top floor of the Four Would Seasons. Would you just shut up? To, to where Would I just can knock it off. I mean, I'm just making sure you're okay. Like, or do you well, just have I, a driver? I will say this: Does the, somebody miss Daisy you around? Is that what happens? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm an alpha male. I push my own wheels, baby. Well, that is you fair. Don't drive me fair. around. Okay. But the thing is, is, like, I got up this morning. I went to drive, and I'm like, God. It's no way salt. These roads are salted. <laughs> There's no salt on these roads. And I'm going like 20, 25 miles per hour. There was a person behind me beeping its horn and carrying on. So I just politely moved over and I was I, I, I prayed for him because the way they were driving and the way they pulled off. I said, I, I'm praying that nothing bad happens to them. But I also said, now slow it down in my prayers <laughs> when I was getting done at the end. But I'm fine. I'm OK. Uh, I just hope I don't get stuck here at the studio. When I'm done with the show, because the roads have gotten that much worse. If you get stuck worse. in the studio, do we just all stay as a group and continue to hang out? Like a, Hell like a, to the no. Like a sleepover, <laughs> like a camp out? Like, oh, camping out with Harry Douglas! <laughs> what's out of here. My God. I got, I got genuinely excited. By the way, kudos to the incredible staff behind the scenes. If you're watching us in the uh, app, that do a great job building graphics with the, the quote at the top of your tweet that said, A, quote, Harry commute. Aha. Uh-huh. Well done. Excuse me. That is that is a very <laughs> that is a job well done. Okay. I got a conspiracy theory theory for you. Now, uh, for anyone that hasn't heard the news, we are expecting LeBron will be playing according to Dave McMiniman tonight at the Garden against the Knicks. But let's remember that LeBron is only 117 points away from setting the scoring record, right? So, all eyes every single day seem to be on what did LeBron do? What did LeBron do? I'm not big on conspiracy theories. I sort of think the world just plays out the way the world's going to play out. I live in a bubble. I don't care. But this one seems to make sense. Is it possible that they're looking at the schedule and saying, okay, uh, what game do we want LeBron to set the scoring record? Because, like, in about a week and a half, he's got a Saturday game on ABC against the Warriors. If it could be set the day before the Super Bowl on a Saturday ABC game, I mean, that seems to me like that would make a lot of sense for the league. It seems to me like maybe they want that. Yes, so right now, up until that game, when they play the Golden State Warriors at Golden State on ABC at 8.30 p.m., it is 
that six games, uh, five games before then, that would make the sixth game, right? LeBron needs 117 points. I think that's what about 19 points a game he needs to average within those six games. Now, if he sits out one of those games, probably the at the Indiana one or the Oklahoma City game, that would boost that a little bit more. But it's more reasonable versus him sitting out in New York. Plus, it, Madison Square. My brother played at Madison Square Garden, and, and I recently last year went to a game with Alan Hahn at Madison Square when the Knicks were losing, and it was still packed out. And they happened to beat the Chicago Bulls. So if I'm LeBron, I'm definitely playing at Madison Square Garden, in which they already announced that he probably will be playing tonight. But at Indiana, uh, Oklahoma City, one of those games, I don't think LeBron is going to be playing. So playing tonight, I think, means a lot more. If LeBron, more so than LeBron sitting out. Yeah, no, I think you're looking at the schedule and saying, hey, this is a, a TNT game at the Garden, Lakers, Knicks. There's significance to that. People will be paying attention to it. I agree with you a thousand percent. Like, I actually, on my right arm, for anyone that doesn't know my right, I'm very tattooed, but my right arm is a tattoo of all the places I've lived and the moments I'm proudest of in my life. And that tattoo includes Madison Square Garden from when the band played there sold out because I used to go to the garden as a kid all the time. So playing the garden was wildly significant for me. I think for a lot of people, it just has that extra impact. It makes sense. I'm looking at that Indiana, that Oklahoma State, Oklahoma City game, and I'm like, ah! I don't know. Like that just feels like there could be uh, like, oh, I don't know, man. My 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 back hurts a little bit. My neck hurts a little bit. Like uh, I, I got like a shoulder issue or something. Like you know, my my ankle's a little sore. Like I got a migraine. There's just a reason to put that one out because I think the league would rather they set that mark against the Bucks and Giannis on uh, on TNT or against the Warriors uh, exactly. on on ABC on Saturday. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. This one just. Seems to make sense. You guys can chime in. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Are you buying our conspiracy theories? In the meantime, one NFL team that needs to learn from their division rival. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 